Welcome to the big show. What was that? That's from ESPN. Remember back in the day? Welcome to the big show. Dun, 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 dun. Why'd we go ESPN? I thought we were doing an episode <laughs> on mommy routines. Because things feel very girly today. Girly subject, splendid, but very girly guest. You make me laugh. These uh, things matters to I husbands, know, I know, too. but it's, it's girly. Okay. Okay, date nighters. Great news. The new website is live, which includes all of our old episodes, plus videos, articles, events, and more. And it's searchable. What's that mean? Like where people want to find a subject, certain episode, whatever, they can type it in. Love it. Okay, so that is date night fam.org. What was it? Date night fam.org. Date night fam. We're going to keep adding to the site other contributors' classes, hopefully one day an online marriage mastery class. So prayerfully, it becomes a one-stop shop for biblical marriage in this progressive age. So let me welcome our guest and set this up. Then I'm going to take a back seat here because this is Mamaville today, Mother's Town, Mama USA. <laughs> Mrs. Sharon Canavo of Training Hello. Hearts for Jesus. Welcome to Date Night. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, we love you so much, Sharon. And we are talking mom life today. <laughs> yeah. Specifically, how to structure home life, build routines, and just pro- properly prioritize, because that's a question we get most often. Yeah, and we were talking with you offline a little bit about T-Swift, Taylor, which next <laughs> week, Bree and I are doing a full episode. I was thinking about titling it Tackling Taylor, because you get the super, uh, super okay. All right, Travis Kelsey <laughs> tackling to, and we're talking about that next week. So me and the guys will kind of eavesdrop on this one, and then we're going to leave you ladies to this. So mommy rhythms and routines with the Sharon Canavo and beautiful <laughs> Brie. Let's roll. You never knew that you would be, you know, podcast famous just for coming on uh, date night with the wood, but here we are. You're famous for your muscles, man, not podcast. <laughs> Are you making paleo stuff? Of course. Ah. What? You gonna go for it? No, I want to eat. I want to be a man. You go for it. Just bring my probiotics. <laughs> you and Mama don't understand how to spell. <laughs> As they get older, you have to be so wise and slow to speak. They're saying this isn't Daddy's fate. This isn't Mommy's fate. This is me. Sharon, again, welcome to the pod. We are so excited you're here. Thank you. So excited to be here. Can you catch us up on the Canavo life? How are the uh, kids, grandkids? So, so good. And I, I'm sure a lot of them out there know that I have a grandbaby because she's been getting posted everywhere. <laughs> Sweet little girl, Lucy. Aww. Her name is Luciana. And uh, we are just having so much fun. A oh. whole new level She was of dedicated. Love. She was on dedicated. Sunday. Yes, yeah. yes. So special. Oh, it was so special. Are oh there any exciting updates that you have right now? Uh, as far as the family goes? Yes. Um, I mean, they're all just plugging along. They're doing their thing. They're all plugged into their careers and... Um, they're just doing well. That is wonderful. Yeah, and fun. you just started a new Training Hearts for Jesus class. We did. Awesome. Yes, for yes. all of our listeners who haven't heard, Sharon and her husband, Mario, offer an online parenting class, which thousands have taken and which really transformed our home. Mm. So what is the latest with Training Hearts right now? Uh, we are just so blessed that God continues to do this, and it has been interesting over the last few years how um, just COVID brought us to a place where we were forced to go online. That's not um, Mario's and my 
thing necessarily, and yet we just needed to be obedient. We were in the middle of a class with your church at that time, a live class. Oh, really? Yes. And we were, we were just the week before the discipline chapter. Oh, when it all got shut and down. And it got shut down. No kidding. And we had all those parents looking at us like, you have got to be kidding me. And so we scrambled for a week, and we missed one week, and we were back up and running the next week. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it was so much fun. Everybody really thoroughly enjoyed it. And so we've been online ever since. And Do you think that if that had not have happened, you ever would have moved I fully online? So think so. So it really no. was the Lord. something the Lord used. Oh, oh it's he's beautiful. so good. So many good things came out of COVID that don't get talked about enough, mm-hmm. but that, that was one of them for us, definitely. And I mean, we're reaching people all over the world at this point, which we would never have imagined. Yeah. So we're so. blessed beyond imagination. We so. are praising the Lord with you. Yeah. So yeah. awesome. Okay, let's discuss mommy life, especially okay. for those in the early years when we're learning how it all works, a bit tired, reading tons of opinions. It can be very chaotic. It is. And do you remember any of those times from the early days where I do. moments you look back on and yes. you just want to laugh or cry? Yes, yes. I mean... I think when we had our first, uh, well, I know we were not saved, and so I was just living day to day. My oldest, Tori, was very um, compliant, so he was easy. I just was thoroughly enjoying him, and then came Michael, and fortunately, when Tori was nine months, we did get saved praise God. His timing is so perfect, mm. and Michael came along. He was uh, 20 26 months um, younger than Tori. And I knew from the time that he was in my womb that I was in trouble. And he was jumping constantly. (laughs) And then when he came out of the womb, it didn't take him long to have the entire family laughing all the time. And um, just he never stopped moving. Mm -hmm. And so I called him my Tigger. And That was the time that I went from thinking I was mother of the year to I have absolutely no idea how to parent. I am failing at this. And that was really, truly the time that I just had to get on my knees and I was begging God to help us to understand how I'm supposed to parent this this child that has a will of his own, mm-hmm. a very strong will of his own. I could so sympathize with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember one time I was so overwhelmed, two kiddos in elementary school, one sick toddler, and it took an hour just to pack them up to get in the car yes. anywhere we went. And I was getting them ready to go to the grocery store, barely brushed my teeth, zoomed over to pick up some items for dinner, dashed to get the items, stand in line, and then Zeke starts crying. Yeah. And I'm trying to train his heart. Meanwhile, the pleasant man behind me decides to chime in to the person next to him how I'm not doing a good job mothering. And guaranteed, I should have removed ourselves with him crying, but I was being selfish and not wanting to get back in the line and just get dinner rolling. But I'll have to be honest, I was really not thinking godly thoughts about that man (laughs) at that time. And I wanted someone to pat me on the back, you know, for just keeping the kids alive after mentally and physically being exhausted. Um, 
not to shame me and but this is a picture of my own prideful heart but being a mommy can really shine a light on our sinful depravity um can you touch on particulars you know the physical fatigue the feelings of inadequacy mm. the disconnect from adult interaction just yes. how that creates a personal storm for some i mean honestly we are challenged at a, a place that we have never been challenged before we love them in a way that we've never loved before and then when we feel like we're failing mm-hmm. in the midst of that, it's, it is life-altering for us. We are completely at a loss. Mm-hmm. There is that season where, you know, which I personally, I, I mean, I, I look back at those moments of knowing that not just feeling inadequate, I knew I was inadequate. Mm-hmm. And I have to say the the good thing about that is it drew me to the Lord. It constantly, it was right back to face before the Lord, face mm-hmm. before the Lord, because we are inadequate. We cannot do it, right? Amen. Nothing. We can't. We can't do normal life on our own, let alone be responsible for this little human life that has been birthed and now is a part of our family. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I really think, and of course, I did not do it perfectly. There was a lot of um, self-abasing and, you know, just that whole negative um, thought process going on so much. And, and I just kept thinking, um, Lord, you know, you, you are the one who ordained me to be the mother mm of this child. How am I going to do this? And God, as always, always throughout my life, I have seen this. He is so faithful. God, you know, he loves the humble. He opposes the proud. Mm -hmm. And we have to be okay that we are not perfect. Mm -hmm. We have to be okay that we are inadequate. Mm-hmm. And know that he has given us everything we need to be a mommy. Amen. Yeah. Thank you for adding that. I, It's so good. So I want to slide on over to just intentionality, specifically our attitudes or our outlooks and how those need to change first before behaviors of the home can. Yeah. And so do you remember like any of those aha moments where mm. your perspective changed on parenting? So much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was going through a whole process of change because coming into my marriage not being saved coming from a life of rebellion and rebellious thoughts and all of that and then you know being saved and understanding God's word and starting to just you know gobble it up Mm -hmm. and just you know it bringing me back to life in so many ways that there were daily aha moments you know and one of the things that I found absolutely vital for me was to be in the word every single day Mm -hmm. it was my I didn't trust myself not to be in the word when I started off my day and so it was definitely my daily habit but through his word I mean I was not only having aha moments about I was raised Catholic so I would be reading and all of a sudden I'd I'd realize Mary was not raised into heaven it was just these you know, revelations that were happen- happening, but even then with the children and parenting, to see the reflection of God as our Father in the Bible was remarkable because 
he gives us a perfect picture mm. of who we need to be as a parent. And obviously, we're never going to attain to his level of parenting. But he shows us. He shows us how to do it. And in our inadequacy, again, mm-hmm. he's the one that walks us through it. Um, probably one of my favorite aha moments was Matthew six thirty three, mm-hmm. and that was the chapter on guess what anxiety <laughs> and worry. <laughs> We've never been there before, <laughs> <laughs> and I spent a lot of time in that chapter. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> I remember getting to that verse. You know, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all else will be added. I had so many concerns. We had money issues, you know, young couple. We were struggling and, you know, new babies in the family and not knowing how to deal with life. I I don't think I dealt well with life on my own, let alone now having a whole family to be concerned with. Mm -hmm. And that the aha moment for me in that was that he is giving us marching orders. And those marching orders are to seek first his kingdom. Mm. And his kingdom are believers. It's the people, right? And so as I was, you know, in the midst of something that was, you know, to me feeling like it was crippling me, I would stop and I would think, Lord, how do I seek first the kingdom? And so it might have been just dealing with the kids, Mm -hmm. you know, just doing the next thing that God wanted me to do with them. Or sometimes I would think, who needs a phone call? Who can I call and um, encourage? Does somebody need a meal? It was all of these. And as soon as I started thinking those thoughts, it was replacing the worry. It was replacing the concerns and the panic. And all of a sudden, I was back to having joy in my life again. Amen. And that became just a daily practice. I still do it today. Every Mm -hmm. time I start to feel panicked about something or worried or concerned, I think, seek first the kingdom of God. Get, Get your mind on what what we can do, right? And then he will take care of everything else. And I got to witness that. Yeah. You know, that was many, many years ago that that I adopted that verse. And um, here I am in my late years, and I still use this mm. constantly. I love that all of your aha moments stem from the Word of God. Mm. That's beautiful. Well, I don't think there's anything inside this brain that is... (laughs) I'm right there with you. (laughs) Worth stemming from. We'll just stick with the word. I love it. Were there things you started saying yes or no to based on that change? Yeah. We do. We have to, I think, daily evaluate our lives, Mm -hmm. right? Because things change so often. And I mean, you know, one day they're healthy, the next day they're sick. And so you're constantly making those momentary decisions. And again, go back to, how do I seek the kingdom of heaven in this moment? Mm -hmm. What is the best choice? What is the decision? What does God want me to do? And so sometimes, you know, I would have to say no to friends. Um, And I love my friends. Mm -hmm. I love my social time. And there were many times that I had to sacrifice that. And it is a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. It is. But um, 
you know, I always saw the blessing of the Lord in the moment when I was being obedient to say no to the things I needed to say no to. Do you mind if I dig a little deeper there? Go for it. So when it comes to friendships, I know that's that's really a hard thing when yeah. you're going from singlehood yeah. to then marriage mm-hmm. and then to mommyhood. Yeah. You're experiencing less and less of those freedoms to do those things. How did you take those situations and know, you know, all oh, this is too much for our family right now yeah. to be saying yes to these commitments. Did you have, you know, boundaries up on your yeah. month or your schedule? How did that look? Um, oh, wow, that's a big question. So I'm, I'll try and deal with all of that yeah. based on, on my experiences. But, um, you know, as far as the friends went and those moments where you had to say no, I feel like I lived in a very um, sweet time where we weren't inundated with technology. We weren't inundated with phones. Mm -hmm. We did not have text. And so our friendships did not go away. We did not isolate. So there were things that I I had to say no to but the friendships were still very paramount in my life. Mm-hmm. And those friendships were a way of doing life with other people. Mm-hmm. And I try to take every opportunity I get with moms when we're having these conversations to encourage them. Mm-hmm. Just even if you find one person and you start to do life with that person, then you're not necessarily saying no to everything that has to do with friends. Yeah. You are actually doing life with them. So you're saying no to some of the activities you might have done with friends, but you're starting new activities with them. Mm -hmm. And the new activities are beneficial for the family. And so that's what we started doing. I mean, we would, you know, I would pack up my kids. I would call my friend Leslie. I'd say, Leslie, I'm bringing the kids over. I'm dropping them off. I'm going to Costco. Give me your list. Mm -hmm. And I'd do the shopping. I love that. And she'd do the, and then we'd trade off. Yeah. And we'd do date nights. And we'd have, you know, people within our circle that we would trade our kids off with. Mm -hmm. And we would all get to have date nights. So I think it's saying no to the things that are no longer relevant or beneficial for your lifestyle at that time, Mm -hmm. but saying yes to a lot of things Mm -hmm. that are going to replace that and make it so much more fun. I love that you use that word replacement. It's Mm -hmm. not you're just saying no to things, but you're filling them with the things that are appropriate for that. Yes, it's put off and put on. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Oh, so good. And were there certain scriptures you held on to in that season? I know you already talked about I mean, there were all kinds of scriptures. And of course, anybody that's been through Training Hearts knows that my favorite go-to scriptures are um, Matthew 22, 37 through 39, and um, uh, Philippians 2, 3 through 8, really. I always say 8 because it takes us right through the life of Christ, the humility of Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the whole point for the first part of that verse. Yeah. Um, and so um, 
those two verses, and that is um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind. I'm shortening these. Mm -hmm. And love your neighbor as yourself. And then Philippians is do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Those were those two verses gave me a roadmap for my Christian walk. Yeah. And they revolutionized how I did life. And it was a constant reminder to me to stop thinking about myself mm-hmm. and get my eyes on the people around me. And the joy in that is just overwhelming. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. when our eyes are on ourselves that depression sets in. And when we stop doing that and we transition to to getting our sights on others again, seek first the kingdom of God, then we find our joy. Mm-hmm. Our joy is in serving the Lord. And so those verses are paramount. And then as I went through life, there were others yeah. as well that... And I love in the Training Hearts class, you told us as new mamas that if we are having a hard time finding a scripture and we're new to memorizing mm-hmm. with the kiddos, we could always come back to Matthew 22, 37 yes. and 39 yes. because it all really is coming back it, to yes. that. And yeah. so I well, love and that. When we think about it, it's love God, love your neighbor. And if you go back to the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. your first four commandments are all about training us to love God. Yes. And the last six are all about training us to love our neighbor. So you can see why Jesus said that this is all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So good. So So good. Okay. So for all the mamas listening who have felt that overwhelmed feeling, know they need systems or trusting God's help. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about structures and how to get through those stages of child development, like newborn and elementary teens. What are structures? that should be in a home during those newborn years? You know, it is so funny because I, you know, you know, I love a good schedule and I did not come into life loving a schedule. As I said, I have a rebellious streak in me so that I'm always trying to put to death. Um, And a schedule doesn't fit for somebody who likes that freedom. And, but I did discover in life and of course, you know, necessity is the mother of invention and having kids that I had to, um, you know, bring structure into their lives. It, it forced me to set up a schedule. And as I did that, I found that that is where my freedom Mm -hmm. was to have, um, a, a structure, a format that is holding things in place and then you have some freedom within that. You don't have to be a slave to the schedule. Yep. I always say the schedule is for you, not you for the schedule, right? Yes. And so you can bounce around within that schedule, and it's so helpful. So <clears throat> we might go to the market. Maybe that wasn't on my schedule, but I'm, i got to get there. Got to get the groceries, pack the kids in the car. We come back. I'm trying to get the the groceries in the kids are bringing groceries in pretty soon all the groceries are in I'm putting away the kids are wrestling you know and I can hear the intensity of the wrestling going on (laughs) and I'm like all right guys what's on the schedule and they would run up to the schedule they'd look at it and right away Mm -hmm. they'd run off and do whatever it was that was on the schedule and they they really do thrive with a schedule it they find such comfort in it and not only that but 
they stop questioning mom and dad's authority Mm -hmm. or what are we doing today mama let's go to the park let's do this let's do that as if they have to arrange the schedule if we have a schedule they can rest they can Mm -hmm. be kids and they can trust that yeah so it gives them a lot of confidence in their parents what would you say changes when the kids reach preschool as far as Um, I think, obviously, life is always changing for the kids, but I think uh, it it is a radical change for us Mm -hmm. because now there is an obligation on us that goes beyond just having the kids in our home, right, where we're entirely in charge, and now you've got something that's coming in from outside the home that is uh, adding structure to the life, your life. And it just depends on whether they're going to a pre-K or whether you are providing the pre-K, which mm-hmm. I highly recommend. I think homeschooling is a great way to go. Yeah. Um, and especially in pre-K, the kids need their mama. They don't need to necessarily be with other adults in those early years. I know that some people it's... Um, maybe a must, but I even suggest rethinking it a little bit and mm-hmm. see if there's another way of doing it. If it's in your home, it just goes right along with your schedule, you know. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that changes is you you learn right what they need to know in pre-K, mm-hmm. and then you your schedule now reflects what they need to specifically learn. Yeah. And so, again, I just think there's more peace with that schedule for everybody. Yes. And would you say anything changes from preschool or pre-K to the elementary years? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think one of the things, and again, we founded a school, so it it was a lot of work, and this was that little community we had built up, yeah. right? And that's who we ended up starting the school with, um, and another value to that, having those so like-minded people with you. Yeah. And um, anyway, it, it was a matter of learning. We had to do a lot of learning, figure out, you know, what is this all about? I had never been um, in education. In fact, I always make jokes. I always spent my life trying to get out of education. (laughs) So (laughs) it it was um, just something I had to um, just really tackle and learn, take my spare time when I had it Mm -hmm. and um, spend on research, talking to the right people, Um, And pretty soon you do learn systems that are very beneficial. Mm -hmm. I personally like the classical system. Mm -hmm. We didn't have a classical school, but we allowed the classical system to influence what we were doing in Mm -hmm. our school. And to understand the trivium, which is the first um, three Mm -hmm. of the, what do they call them, the standards, the seven standards of education. Um, And once you start to understand that, it goes along with the developmental stages of the kids, and you begin to understand what it is they need to learn within that framework. Mm-hmm. 
So that was super beneficial. Yeah. And what would you say is the biggest difference from going from elementary to the teen years? Because they're different. They they need more independence. very different. It still needs to be synchronized with the family. Yeah. Um, And I will say if a family is training their children up in the ways of the Lord, doing biblical parenting, um, they are going to have a much better time with that transition than if they haven't been. Uh, If they haven't been, um, they will all of a sudden be faced with sin issues and difficulties in those teen years that they didn't even recognize in the earlier years. Mm -hmm. Whereas those who are specifically learning biblical parenting are Um, privy to, they recognize the sin issues in their younger children, and they're already working on those. And so by the time they enter high school, Mm -hmm. um, uh, some of those things have already been dealt with, right? And you have children that are more respectful. um, They understand what it is to submit under an an authority. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you don't have quite as hard a transition from elementary to high school. So I highly recommend anybody that's listening that has little ones to focus on biblical parenting, however you might do that, you know. Um, And so I think in high school what happens is it is more Um, hands-off in terms of they, at that age, they are their own thinkers, right? Um, And so hopefully you've been doing your work up until that point so that they're thinking rightly. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in that, they will begin to experience things that they've possibly been protected from in the past, And I think that's good because it gives them time to mature. Um, And then by the time they get to high school, you're having more of those deep conversations with them. It's, in fact, in in the classical, it is the time where it's rhetoric. So they're learning how to debate, but they do it respectfully, Mm -hmm. right? It's not a fight with the parents. It's just open conversation. And they're seeking wisdom, and you are helping them with that. Um, So they can bring things home. I remember Michael coming home when he was a high schooler, and he said, and I'm going to give you my bad example. Um, He came home and said, Mom, I don't think I believe in God. And I just about hit the roof. Mm -hmm. Wrong, wrong response, right? Totally wrong response. But I was taking it so personally. I had spent all this time homeschooling this child. And all of a sudden he comes home. I don't believe in God. And I just blew, blew it. Mm -hmm. I blew up. And Mario was there, fortunately. And he kind of Pushes me to one side. You go over there, Mama. <laughs> Praise the and Lord. The husbands, yes, yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I, I, and he takes Michael to the other side, sits him down on the sofa, and I'm 
I'm off. I'm literally outside of the room, like in the in the dining room, listening. And he starts into this incredible conversation with Michael, where he's asking him questions. He's doing the things he's supposed to do, and um, that I should have been doing. And that's exactly. I look at it, and I'm listening. And I'm like, oh my goodness, why didn't I do that with him? You know? Yeah. Um, and so those are the kinds of, you know choices that we as parents have to make in those times they are going to come home and say some things that are going to surprise us yes and shock us I'm so glad you mentioned that too though how you know we can't take it personal as mamas because we pour so much into Mm -hmm. them but our pride can get in the way of doing the very thing that God wants us oh yes exactly that's totally where we are at now um it hit me the other day with Ethan prepping for TMU and Peyton Needis you know, she needs to do her online classes earlier than normal. Um, I was down to only Ziki for our morning devotions time during breakfast, and it hit me how quickly we'd hit a new stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to see if we could get very specific. If we look at any any Christian home from a 30,000-foot view, what structures absolutely must be happening for it to run effectively? Yeah. Um, I I mean, I'm going to go straight to the spiritual disciplines. I think that is absolutely primary. If we aren't doing our spiritual disciplines, I always say we are only as good as our quiet time. Mm. So if we don't have our quiet time in the day, we have not gotten the injection of God's spirit, God's word in our heart to be able to be equipped with the rest of the day and what comes up. I can't tell you. It was so regular that I would be in my quiet time. I would come out, life would begin, homeschooling would happen, and there would always be something that related back to what I had learned in the Word that morning that had equipped me to answer my kids in the way that I was supposed to answer them. And I loved that. It it created this incredible intimacy with the Lord, knowing that he cared that much about me. I mean, the passage is the same. You read through it every year. If you're reading through the Bible every year, you're reading the same passage every year. But how he will pull something new out of that, share that with you, and then it becomes very important and useful Mm -hmm. in that day. And so our quiet time has to be a part of it. Um, And we need to be in the Bible, and in good, structured prayer time. Yes. Right? Um, And then there needs to be a family time of Bible. That is non-negotiable. So whether that happens after dinner or maybe during dinner, a lot of parents will, dads will open up the Bible, you know, after everybody is chowed down a little bit mm-hmm. and and the tummies are full and he'll open the bible and um mario would do that and he'd open to a certain passage we would work through it um with the kids and um there's just you know special times i mean when we were homeschooling because of what we were doing we had three different curriculums mm-hmm. one for each child and so sometimes we were in seasons of me doing two of those during the day and then that was what dad would do at night with the other one, you know. Um, and so there was always some Bible study going on. And um, But I do, I think that was a, an extraordinary circumstance because we had three different curriculums. Yes. Where in most 
homeschools, you have one that works yeah. for the whole family. And then that's dad's job, right? Yep. So you've got Bible, mm-hmm. prayer, intentional Bible prayer. Again. Yes. And family <laughs> worship as a yeah. family. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And what are systems or routines that aren't vital, but just really helpful? Yeah. And I go back to that schedule again. It's so important. It is the framework of our day. Um, and so I always say with the little ones, when they're small, um, you know, moms get so overwhelmed with this. And I say, just start the schedule and put in meal time. Mm-hmm. When are you going to have meal time? When are they going to wake up in the morning? When are they going to take naps? And what time are meals? And start with that. And now there's going to be something else that you need to get done during the day. Find out where it goes on the schedule. And you just slowly build up that schedule, making sure you're putting in the things that are important for the day. And pretty soon you have that schedule specified for your family, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And so that's super good. Um, You know, obviously, I always think reading time is primary, not only for their learning um, mentally, but also for their learning physically, because that's a time that we practice self-control right? Yeah. They're not climbing all over the place. We're not chasing them down, reading the story as we're running after them. Yes. We're having a time where we're sitting with them. We're practicing self-control. We're practicing eye contact. We're doing all of that and they're learning. So, yeah. So good. Thank you, Sharon. And here's a silly one. Maybe Tony will want to chime in. But- oh, you're going to include me again. <laughs> This is like uh, ladies' tea time here. Yeah. Thank you very you much. What? How can I be a part of this? I, I feel like a puppy dog with my eyes staring up. Someone, please include me at the table. Well, I think it's just what role does hubby play, and how mm. does this be a team? Yeah, that's good because you mentioned the quiet time, yeah. and uh, then you also mentioned the Bible reading time, and so there is this spiritual element, which I think hangs really heavy over men, where it's like you need to be a spiritual leader, but it's very esoteric sometimes and philosophical. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would love to hear, um, you know, what are some things the hubby can do to participate in routine building? Yeah. I mean, like I said, having that that special Bible time with the family. And it's interesting because I think Mario had the hardest time with it if I hadn't done the prep work. So... I had to make sure that dinner was on the table at the right time, that the dishes got cleared, you know, those kinds of things, so that when it was time, that the kids weren't wrestling, that they were calming down, so that those kinds of things that played into mm. our Bible time were accomplished. And and so that when he sat down and opened up the Word, he didn't have to, you know, gather the cats right um and so that was primary and then it doesn't take much with the kids you do not have to be a bible scholar and tony i think there's a disadvantage sometimes when pastors are trying to encourage um their families to do this bible time because i think in the pew the thought bubble is um, yeah, but you're a pastor. That's easy for you. Mm. You know how mm-hmm. to do that. Yep. And so they chuck it off, I think, sometimes. And they don't realize how simple this can be, especially if they are being faithful to do their quiet time in the morning. They could literally find a verse or a passage mm-hmm. that 
was ideal or is ideal for that day. Or they can work through a book, you know, take the book of James, Mm -hmm. break that down verse by verse. You've got so many amazing practical lessons in that verse. I want to highlight that there because you're you're touching on something that's so important for the men listening. We don't need to to unpack systematic theology and and go into the the depths of hermeneutics with our kids. So you just talked about James Mm -hmm. because you have this proverbial wisdom and Proverbs would be another example in the Older Testament, Mm -hmm. right? Where you're able to literally just like you said, verse by verse, paragraph by paragraph. Yep. Simply look at it and go, generally speaking, this this is wisdom from God. This right. is a test of your faith. It's also just the way the Lord wants you to live. Yeah. And a man can read that. I know even in the old days, you used to call them read-alouds, where the dad would simply look around the table and go, hey, today, pick up one of our children, you know, Zeke or Michael or whoever, you know, hey, read Proverbs chapter 3 for mm-hmm. us today. Mm-hmm. And then the child reads it, and then the dad just walks them through that proverbial wisdom and guidance. And if you do that long enough over the course of a decade, your kids are going to retain things. Yeah. Like, how many verses do you remember? Just, I mean, I grew up a Cubby and a Sparky, and so, you know, even though I wasn't paying attention, just wanted to get to dodgeball and run the circle, I still remember just basic Absolutely. scripture that I heard as a as a child. Yeah. So, is that fair? So fair. I mean, I I remember when I was doing Bible time with my kids. And I, like I said, I got saved late in life, so I was learning, and I, I had to keep telling myself, I know just a little more than my kids, and that is sufficient. Mm. And so dads can be the same way. It's like if they feel like they don't have the knowledge to be the pastor up at the podium, that is so okay, right? Yeah. They just get up, they begin, and my Bible knowledge grew because I was doing children's curriculum with them. All right, I'm going to go ahead and just and pull back the uh, you know the transparency cape on that one because I think this can encourage a lot of guys having children. No matter how much seminary you've done, mm-hmm. this is true for pastors too. Having children still makes you a better theologian because being a great theologian is not how much knowledge you have in your head. It's how much you can bring down and distribute from your mouth to other people. Cookies on the lower shelf. (laughs) It is. It is bring the cookies down and make sure they're edible and graspable. And so what happens is it doesn't matter. And every guy who's ever went to seminary or Bible college will tell you this. When you have kids and you're sitting around the table and they're asking those questions Mm -hmm. and you have to simplify concepts, you become a better teacher and it does it forces you to make sure that you personally have studied and come to understand those truths which for a long time you philosophically maybe or Mm -hmm. maybe theophilosophically have held in your mind so i think that's beautiful i hope all the guys listening (laughs) if there's anyone left because it's kind of a girly pod (laughs) but if anyone's still there in fact ladies go find him and then just take this last five minutes and go hey listen we're not talking about having to you know to to, to know everything in the bible just open up the word and then just be one foot one step in front of your children that's so good and as wives to really encourage when you do see them leading that way i love how you said to come alongside as their Mm -hmm. helpmate and uh, help that process don't get sleepy (laughs) 
all you are throwing me under the bus yeah, right because now. because one of the conversations we had at one point was, because she's talking about the front end, mm-hmm. which that's easy. Or not, that's not easy. You, let's say you do that, and yes. you get everything in order, and the dinner's on time, and which is, that's hard, because he's coming home and sits down, and he steps up, he prays, he, he, he caffeinates, and he does his job, and he opens the word, you know, but there's a tendency then, because now mom has a little food in her belly, she's worked to get to that point, <laughs> to take the foot off the pedal, and all of a sudden, I had one time, I looked down, and, and literally, I was putting my wife to sleep during devotions at the table, and I'm like, I'm like, hey, 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 wake up now, come on, come on, girl. <laughs> I, I know I'm a boring preacher, but this is no. sad. So, do you remember no. that conversation? Oh, yes. Speak I was to so that convicted. for all the ladies listening, because that, that's probably true for a lot of gals. Yes. You know, they're, they're tired, their eyes start yeah. to droop, yep. and the kids are watching that going, well, maybe the Bible's not exciting. You relate so much more to the disciples who were falling asleep, and Jesus is like, wake up, pray, you know? In the garden. You're so physically yeah. fatigued yeah. in di- different seasons of life, Absolutely. whether it be sickness or, you know, that the yeah. kids are having and not sleeping as well, and... I think when you mentioned that to me, hubby, I was so thankful because it allowed me to pray and realize the impact that is st- I'm still having on my children, yeah. but in a negative way, mm. and to be just resting in the Holy Spirit's power because He does. He gives you that strength. He allows you, and even if it's just you know continuing to take sips of water, that's yeah. been my trick. Yeah. <laughs> um, when I just feel that physical fatigue and prayer, and yeah. then we just keep going. But. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like a little mini vacation when the kids' eyes aren't on you for the first <laughs> yes. time all day. Yes, Well, 100%. I know that we are almost out of time. I know you have a busy schedule, but just one kind of wrap-up question on everything I was hearing you all talk about. You know, for the mom listening, let's just assume she's out there um, and she's not sure where to start. So she hears all this and she goes, okay, I got scripture and I've got routines and I got Bible and I got, you know, the spiritual disciplines. What's a practical way to start being intentional? Like what would be when she wakes up tomorrow morning, what would be the thing that you would say, just, just start here and everything else will begin falling yeah. into place? I mean, get a good through the year schedule, Bible schedule, right? That's what I still use. I've probably been using the same one for 30 years mm. and, um, and it's so good because, it, again, with a schedule, you don't have to think. It's like if you have a schedule for meals, you don't have to think what's for dinner tonight, right? Yeah. You just go to the schedule, you know. And so the same thing with the Bible. If you've got a schedule, you don't have to use your imagination. Plus, you are going through the entire Bible systematically, and so you're getting the best of the Bible because you're getting the whole thing. And so you're only, you know, with a a portion a day, you're only spending about 15 minutes in reading time. We do, the way I do it is it's Old Testament and New Testament, so I'm getting a little bit of both. And, um, I mean, it's so it is simple. It's simple physically. It's physically simple. It's spiritually and mentally difficult. Mm-hmm. And so we have to hunger for it. We have to want it. We have to know that it's going to be the most valuable thing we can do in our entire life. Sharon, thank you so much. As Amen. always, you are a wealth of biblical mm. wisdom and you share with such love and grace. I think we will need to give you a round of applause. <laughs> Get ready. It's like a Super Bowl. Yeah, we won't mess around. That's great. Sharon, <laughs> I want to add my thanks for you and for Mario uh, and your ministry Aww. and just the impact that you've had on our home. Uh, if anyone out there is interested in joining Training Hearts, Mario and Sharon are on 
Instagram, Training Hearts Parenting, online at Training Hearts for Jesus. That's the number four. I want to make sure and clarify that. It Training can go Hearts both ways. For, oh, it's both ways mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Fancy. Yeah. <laughs> you own every forever. domain in the world. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for sharing and for, as always, her biblical counsel. And today we pray for all of the moms listening who desire to glorify you in their home, asking that you would provide them the right plans, the right support, the right motivation to build homes which honor you. And as we just discussed, always beginning with your word, for thy word, thy word is truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Date Nighters, we will be back in 168 short hours. A big thanks to Sharon Canavo for coming, Aaron for producing, Mission Bible for hosting, and all of you for listening. Keep living for His glory and fighting for your family. Amen.